The Holy Gospel is according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gracious gift of your voice calling us to follow you. Be with us as we realize where you go and to whom do you talk, and help us to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a bashful young man. He was hesitant about showing his affection to his sweetheart. And one night on a date, he said, Oh, that if I were an octopus, that I might wrap all eight arms around you. And his sweetheart replied, Don't worry about eight arms. Just use the two that you've got. Okay, they were on a date. Sometimes there's an urgency about showing love. And the key word there is urgent or immediately. Mark tells us that Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew fishing because they were fishermen. And Jesus says, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Doesn't say they thought about it. Doesn't say they would ponder it overnight. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going farther, he saw James and John, the Zebedee brothers, repairing their nets. Mark says, without delay, immediately Jesus called them, and they left their father in the boat and the hired men and followed him. What is Jesus doing that people would start to follow him for what he was teaching without delay four fishermen followed him i think it's kind of interesting that the four 
first four disciples were fishermen. And later on, we we get a tax collector, and a little later on, we get a rebel, Judas, the rebel. And then we have a whole bunch more of disciples that we don't know what they are. Fishermen. Why? And why no hesitation? How could they leave families? How could they leave, if they were married, leave their spouses and kids and follow Jesus? How could they leave the support of a job? If they're not there, they're not working. But whatever it is, Jesus has a way of touching people's lives that they would follow him. Mark, the gospel of Mark, shows us Jesus who is in a hurry, who always has an urgent message to proclaim. The word immediately, or its variations, is used 40 times in 16 chapters of Mark. It was used twice in this verse with an implied third one. So what's so urgent? In Luke's Gospel... Jesus answers that same question of follow me. But one man replied to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus says, no. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another says, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replies, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Even in Luke, and especially in Mark, the call of Jesus is urgent. But isn't that the way life is? The really important things in life require us to respond rather quickly, without delay. The opening dating couple. A hug has to be urgent sometimes, especially if you're not hugging. There's an urgency about love. Children grow up so quickly. The passing of time takes its toll in the aging process. And some people who are here today that we love and treasure will not be there tomorrow or next week or next year. So if we're going to show love to one another, now is the time. There's an urgency about the really important things in life. Love is one of the main ones, and also other actions. Of course, 
not seeing the need to heed the call of God is probably the most serious mistake of all. Go home today. This is a challenge. Go home, look in the New Testament, and find a spot where Jesus tells anybody, go home, think it over, and get back to me tomorrow. You're not going to find it. It just doesn't happen that way. So there's something urgent going on. And then Jesus also proclaims, repent and believe in the good news. Our English isn't very accurate there. Jesus' proclamation of repenting and believing are continuing actions. So it really should say, keep on repenting and keep on believing. Repentance and belief is not a door we go through one time. Repenting and believing is a lifestyle that happens when we are in the kingdom of God. It's a lifestyle because God keeps on touching our lives. Repenting and believing. Repentance. Repentance could be understood as a I can't experience as opposed to a I can experience. If repentance is promising God I can do better, then what we're doing is saying I can keep control of my life. I can do better. And if I can do better, then I don't need a gracious God. All I need is a patient God. One who will wait long enough so that I can do better. But, when we come to God confessing, I can't do better, then we are saying, and then we are dying to self. We are giving up control of our life. We are throwing our sinful lives on God's mercy. And we are inviting God to do what we can't do ourselves. To change. To recreate. To return from the dead. The flip side of that is, I can't. I can't is believing in the gospel. And the gospel says, God can. I can't. God can. In Mark, the synagogue leader believes that his 12-year-old daughter is restored to life. The father of a son of an unclean spirit believes and prays for his own unbelief that his son is cured. The promise is given to those who believe that they will be able to move mountains into the sea. I don't know about you, 
but my faith has never been large enough to move anything. But my faith is like the Father who prays, I believe, help my unbelief, because God can. So, repent and believe. The first is a call to repent. It's a point in time. It's a time to turn around. It comes again and again in our life. The second call is to believe. A continuing response to the obedience of following God. The good news of Jesus Christ. So we have immediate being a theme in Mark. We have repentance and believing and we're in the season of epiphany this text is an epiphany moment suddenly quickly we read the text and we are there with the disciples and we hear the words follow me and we identify with them Jesus comes in an unexpected way into our lives. God's kingdom, God's reign and rule breaks in immediately and gives us a gift. Confirmation memory work. I got the response I wanted. You're all terrified right now. Third article of the Creed. I believe that I cannot by my own understanding or effort believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. Did you catch the I cannot? But the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gift, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it united with Jesus Christ in one true faith. In this Christian church, day after day, he fully forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. And on the last day he will raise me up and all the dead and give me and all believers in Christ eternal life. This is most certainly true. Repentance and believing in what God does. These are words of grace. And that call to follow me is the work of the Holy Spirit breaking into our lives. And the Son of God calls us, invites us, claims us, follow me. It's Jesus alone, his death, his resurrection, his gift of life that we can follow and that we can live with him in eternity. This is most certainly true. Amen.